Welcome back to the Youth Bible in One Year, day 252. Can we ever truly know Jesus? And can we ever truly love Jesus? Well, these are some questions on our minds today. We're going to look into the Bible and see if we can find the answer to the question, how to know and love Jesus. Because this is the most important and the most intimate relationship that we can have. And it is so important for our lives to realize the answer to this and to put some things into practice to truly get closer to Jesus. Sophie is an only child. Her mother had 14 miscarriages before she was born. Her parents adore her. She adores her parents. Sophie is now an adult and still loves to spend as much time as possible with her parents. She told me that when she was at school, she and her fellow pupils were asked whether they thought their parents loved them more than they loved each other. Most of them replied they thought that that was the case. However, Sophie replied that she thought her parents loved each other far more. But it was this very bond of love that made her feel so secure and so loved. At the heart of the Christian faith is a relationship with God through Jesus Christ. To be a Christian is to know and love Christ. What is this relationship like? The Bible describes it using human language and human analogies. It's a relationship of the closest possible intimacy. It's like that of a parent and child. But Paul goes even further in terms of intimacy. He refers to Christ as our husband and the church as his bride. This is the closest, most important and most intimate relationship of all. From Proverbs 22 One who loves a pure heart and who speaks with grace will have the king for a friend. The eyes of the Lord keep watch over knowledge, but he frustrates the words of the unfaithful. Enjoy friendship with the king. A Canadian-based online dating service advertises to people who are married or in a committed relationship. Its slogan is, life is short, have an affair. In the midst of the COVID-19 pandemic, it added 17,000 new members a day. A book recently published in the UK suggests that adultery may be good for the health of marriages. Nothing could be further from the truth. Intimate relationships require faithfulness. The Lord frustrates the words of the unfaithful. The mouth of an adulteress is a deep pit. Adultery breaks the faithfulness of marriage and is therefore a deep pit. Whoever loves a pure heart and whose speech is gracious will have the king for a friend. Here the writer is referring to a human king. A combination of integrity and charm can bring people into contact with leaders of all kinds, even friendship with a king. But, Not everyone can be friends with the royal family. Few people know a human king. Amazingly, you are invited to be friends of the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, Jesus Christ. The language used in verse 11, pure heart and gracious, is not dissimilar to the language used in 2 Corinthians 11.3. Your sincere and pure devotion to Christ. Friendship itself requires effort. We have to keep choosing to show love 
and faithfulness in our actions to maintain an intimate relationship. The loafer says, There's a lion on the loose. If I go out, I'll be eaten alive. In other words, the lazy person makes far-fetched excuses as to why they do not have to get up and expend any effort. All intimate relationships, including your relationship with Jesus, require effort and time if they are to grow and flourish. Decide today to devote time and energy to your friendship with Jesus. Lord, thank you that you invite me to be your friend. Help me to be pure in heart, gracious in speech, generous and faithful. New Testament from 2 Corinthians 11 I promised you to one husband, to Christ, but I am afraid that just as Eve was deceived by the snake's cunning, your minds may somehow be led astray from your sincere and pure devotion to Christ. For if someone comes to you and preaches a Jesus other than the Jesus we preached, or if you receive a different spirit from the spirit you received, or a different gospel from the one you accepted, you put up with it easily enough. Was it a sin for me to lower myself in order to elevate you by preaching the gospel of God to you free of charge? I robbed other churches by receiving support from them so as to serve you. And when I was with you and needed something, I was not a burden to anyone, for the brothers who came from Macedonia supplied what I needed. I have kept myself from being a burden to you in any way, and will continue to do so. And I will keep on doing what I am doing in order to cut the ground from under those who want an opportunity to be considered equal with us in the things they boast about. For such people are false apostles, deceitful workers, masquerading as apostles of Christ. And no wonder, for Satan himself masquerades as an angel of light. It is not surprising then if his servants also masquerade as servants of righteousness. Guard your marriage to Christ. Sometimes we make life too complicated. We can make our faith too complicated. You are called to simplicity that is in Christ. Simplicity does not mean being simplistic. It means having a wholehearted and sincere and pure devotion to Christ. Paul led the Corinthians to faith in Jesus. He introduced them to their husband and called them the bride of Christ. He did not want them to be led astray. I promised your hand in marriage to Christ, presenting you as a pure virgin to her husband. You are being lured away from the simple purity of your love for Christ. Children have a simple purity about their lives. They have an uncomplicated approach to relationships. They enjoy themselves as much as possible. They are carefree and without concern. This is the kind of simplicity you need to guard in your relationship with Jesus. Paul loved them. I care about you so much. This is the passion of God burning inside me. It's not that I don't love you. God knows I do. Paul was determined to preach the gospel of God to them free of charge. I die before taking your money. This is one of the reasons why I feel so strongly that no one should ever be charged for going on Alpha. Nor should we ask for money at the end of a course. The gospel must always be free of charge. However, someone has to give funds to meet the expenses. My needs were always supplied by the believers from Macedonia province. 
Paul was quite happy for other churches to contribute financially so that the gospel could be preached free of charge. It's not wrong to fundraise, but we should not try to raise funds from people to whom we are preaching the gospel. Paul is worried that the bride is about to run away with the false teachers, teachers who are preaching a different gospel, a different Jesus in a different spirit. They, like Satan himself, are masquerading as angels of light. This disguise makes spiritual discernment difficult and also very important. You don't want to be suspicious of other people's motives, but you do need to ask for spiritual insight and wisdom. Paul is not speaking here about other Christians who see things from a slightly different perspective or those who come to a different conclusion to you on secondary matters of doctrine. The people the apostle is warning against are money-grabbing preachers, pseudo-apostles, lying preachers, crooked workers, sham to the core. This is not the equivalent of another Christian denomination or tradition. This is not Christian at all. It's another Jesus. This is why Paul cares so passionately. To go after another Jesus would be spiritual adultery. He is passionately concerned to guard their sincere and pure devotion as a bride of the true Jesus Christ. Jesus, I love you. Help me to stay close to you. Keep me loving and serving you with a wholehearted, sincere and pure devotion. Old Testament from Isaiah 20-23 You built a reservoir between the two walls for the water of the old pool. But you did not look to the one who made it, or have regard for the one who planned it long ago. I will summon my servant, Aleikim, son of Hilkiah. I will clothe him with your robe, and fasten your sash around him, and hand your authority over to him. He will be the father to those who live in Jerusalem, and to the people of Judah. I will place on his shoulder the key to the house of David. What he opens, no one can shut, and what he shuts, no one can open. Fix your eyes on your maker. God created you for an intimate relationship with him. Sadly, both the world and sometimes even the people of God chase after other things and fail to look to their maker and consult him over their plans. Isaiah announces God's judgment on those who look to or rely on anyone or anything other than God himself. He says that Tar, the multinational broker that controlled the world's markets, would crash. God would puncture the inflated reputations. He prophesies against Jerusalem. You looked and looked and looked, but you never looked to him who gave you this city never once consulted the one who has long had plans for this city. They were looking to their own strength and not relying on the one who made the city of David, who ultimately made them as well. Isaiah also prophesied about Eliakim. He was a good man, as appears from the title applied to him by God, my servant Eliakim. He's made master of the palace, a post roughly equivalent to prime minister. God says about him, I will clothe him with your robe and fasten your sash around him and hand your authority over to him. He will be a father to those who live in Jerusalem and to the house of Judah. I will place on his shoulder the key to the house of David. What he opens, no one can shut, and what he shuts, no one can open. This foreshadows the key that Jesus was to give to Peter and the disciples. 
To them, he gave the keys of the kingdom. But ultimately, Jesus is the holder of all the keys. In the book of Revelation, Jesus is described as the one who holds the key of David. What he opens, no one can shut. And what he shuts, no one can open. Look to him. Consult him about your plans. Do not trust in your own strength, but rather look to your maker. Fix your eyes on Jesus. Lord, I commit to you the plans for the term ahead. Please shut the door on any that are not right. Thank you that no one can shut the door against those plans that are of you. Lord, most of all, help me to stay faithful in my intimate relationship with you as my friend, my king, and my maker. Pepper adds, In Proverbs 22 verse 12, it says, The eyes of the Lord keep watch over knowledge. Is God in heaven keeping notes on the latest research and scientific discoveries? Let's pray. Lord, thank you that you know and love me. Help me today to get closer to you. To want to spend more time with you. And to want to be more knowledgeable about you. So that all of these things can contribute to my love for you. Lord, I pray that your Holy Spirit would fill me with love. Increase my love for you today. In your holy name. Amen.